0: Welcome to Day 213, Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Kemp here with Cindy Kemp, who's taken place of Katie Kresge and Jane Kresge. They're soon-to-be-born a child. <laughs> and I'm also here with Matthew Kresge, still here, and David Keefe is still here. Yeah. As we continue in the drama of Scripture, a lot of moving parts to where we're reading. Uh, but Israel is a, is a nation, um, has a forfeited their right to the land in the presence of God by the rebellion against God, and they've been taken into exile. And and from their exile, uh, God has moved the kings of Persia. You'll remember they went to exile in Babylon, Babylon, and the Medes and the Persians conquered Babylon. And so now you have new rulers, and uh, these rulers have a different policy. Their policy is to uh, return the people of captivity to their homeland, to build temples to their God in order to honor you know the kings so we started off with uh, king Cyrus, and now we've come to a new king you'll remember from yesterday that opposition's building around the rebuilding of the temple as the people around them are opposing israel becoming a unified nation they're bribing officials and they're uh, outwardly discouraging the work in any way they can and they're taking advantage of the change in ruler from you know Cyrus to darius uh to uh, you know bring confusion to question the motives of the Israelites. And so we have Darius searching the records to see if indeed, you know, this has been authorized by the king. So We find ourselves in the middle of a very difficult uh, rebuilding task. And we find a second king uh, from Persia coming in to support the task. Mm-hmm. So we pick up in uh, Ezra chapter six. Before we do, since we've welcomed Cindy to the table, Cindy, why don't you sure. uh, lead us in prayer?
1: Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for this time and thank you for this passage um, that we're about to read. Thank you, Father, that this is just um a continuation of your faithfulness to your people and Father you know, just continuing to reign over all of time and space as there's just been um this seventy years of captivity, but father now um a completing of the temple and moving forward and and yet you have had all this in mind the whole time. So thank you as we read these words, Lord, that they would encourage us and comfort us to know that you hold all things, and you hold all things together, Lord, and we thank you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: We pick up in Ezra 6. And King Darius then issued an order, and they searched in the archives stored in the treasury at Babylon. A scroll was found in the citadel of Ekbatana in the province of Media, and this was written on it. Memorandum. In the first year of King Cyrus, the king issued a decree concerning the temple of God in Jerusalem. Let the temple be rebuilt as a place to present sacrifices and let its foundation be laid. This to be 60 cubits high and 60 cubits wide, with three courses of large stone and one of timbers. The cost to be paid by the royal treasury. Also, the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon, are to be returned to their places in the temple in Jerusalem they to be deposited in the house of God. Now then, Titania, governor of Trans-Euphrates, and Shadar and you other officials of that province, stay away from there. Do not interfere with the work on this temple of God. Let the governor of the Jews and the Jewish elders rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I hereby decree uh, what you are to do for the elders of Jews in the construction of this house of God. Their expenses will be fully paid out of the royal treasury from the revenues of the trans-Euphrates so that the work will not stop. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, male lambs, for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, and wheat, salt, wine, and olive oil, as requested by the priests in Jerusalem, must be given them daily without fail so that they may offer sacrifices pleasing to the God of heaven and pray for the well-being of the king and his sons. Furthermore, I decree that if anyone defies this edict, a beam is to be pulled from their house, and they are to be impaled on it. And for this crime, their house is to be made a pile of rubble. May God, who has caused his name to dwell there, overthrow any king or people who list up a hand to change this decree, or destroy this temple in Jerusalem. I, have decreed it. Let it be carried out with diligence." Then, because of the decree of King Darius had been sent, Titania, governor of the Trans-Euphrates, and shethler Bazanai, and their associates carried it out with diligence. So the elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah of Sindenavidah. They finished building the temple according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, Artaxerxes, kings of Persia. The temple was completed on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of Darius. Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. For the dedication of this house of God, they offered a hundred bulls, two hundred rams, four hundred male lambs, and as a sin offering for all of Israel, twelve male goats, one for each tribe of Israel. And they installed the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their groups for the service of God at Jerusalem, according to what is written in the book of Moses. On the fourteenth day of the first month, the exiles celebrated the Passover. Priests and Levites had purified themselves and were all ceremonial clean. The Levites slaughtered the Passover lamb for the exiles, for their relatives, the priests, and for themselves. So the Israelites had returned from the exile, ate it together with all who had separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors in order to seek the Lord, the God of Israel. For seven days they celebrated with joy the festival of unleavened bread because the Lord had filled them with joy by changing. The attitude of the king of Assyria, so that he assisted them in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. Uh, so you do find a once again a beleaguered uh, nation in the middle of the rubble, beginning to you know slowly rebuild. There's threats from the outside, uh, insecurities within, uh, but still they're finding you know a joy in the restoration of the worship of the Lord, you know, of the Lord their God, and uh, the. God is continuing to move in the hearts of pagan kings in order to support this work and, in a really dramatic you know, kind of way. I mean, the support is, is so crazy. Just mm-hmm. everything taken from the royal treasury and everything that the priests need. I mean, and then they offer hundreds of, of animals. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's such a pretty big sacrifice and a generosity from a, a, guy, a guy who, as we say, doesn't even know God and, and hasn't even... Truly experience the, the generosity of God you know or understand that, and so what a wild response you know, it is king. And, and of course the you know the uh, the attitude of the Persians is much different uh, you know they uh, uh, they want to honor all of the gods, uh, but they are recognizing you know a special you know, place of you know, of, of this mm-hmm. god and and the sports' kind of crazy, and of course there's yeah. not only the generous support but there's also this the nice little threat. Yeah, you know, if you uh, in any way, you know, <laughs> sure. do not comply with the, you know, the edict you know, that I'm giving, we'll pull a beam from your house and pile you on the beam, then reduce your house to rubble.
1: Yeah, I think. Other help. than that, have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the centrality of um, God's word, you know, in the restoration of God's people, but also in their worship. You know, we, we've mm-hmm. we've seen this as we've been tracking with the story that there's been kind of a. <laughs> a slight deviation, right, of Israel's worship from the word of God. And, mm-hmm. and that's why they find themselves in exile. They no longer, you know, mm-hmm. obey the Lord. They no longer care about the things of God. They no longer care about his word. But instead, now as they're coming back to the rededication of the temple, you're seeing them consult the word of God, live in light of it according mm-hmm. to the book of Moses. Mm-hmm. You're hearing the preaching of the prophets again. you know. And so just, it's kind of, it's fun to see, you know, as they... They enter into these festivals, the Passover, according to the you know the Book of Moses. the, the mm-hmm. word of God is, and we'll see it again with Ezra here in a minute. You know, you're you're watching this at the center of the the worship of Israel. It, it's they the word of God's not you know sidelined. It's it's right here in how they will worship yeah. the Lord again.
0: And you now and there's a nice little historical note uh, under the encouragement of Zechariah mm-hmm. and Haggai. Uh, you know, and, uh, again, the way our Bible is arranged, it's arranged, you know, by types of writings and, and in the size of writings. So you have the major prophets, which means uh, they wrote a lot. Minor prophets, which doesn't mean that they're minor in any way, but they haven't written, you know, nearly as much. And you have them kind of in order of scrolls. But uh, this is exactly historically where we put Haggai and Zechariah. Uh, they encourage the rebuilding of the temple, and you have the wonderful prophecy of Zechariah, where he addresses. Uh, you know, Joshua, who is the priest that's already been mentioned, you know, in the, in the book of Ezra and uh, you know, exchanges his soiled garments for clean garments and puts a new turban on his head, which is just a, a beautiful picture of the restoration mm-hmm. uh, of the nation and the restoration of the worship you know, of the Lord. And of course, mm-hmm. the New Testament uses that uh, we have clothed ourselves with Christ, that mm-hmm. our new beginning you know, comes when we are given new clothes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as well.
1: I, I I agree. I love what you just said and I kind of love the wording on verse 19 on the 14th day of the first month the exiles celebrated the passover. And it's interesting that they are continue to be called the exiles which that's what they are but the fact that they've been brought in and that the passover had become meaningful as they reflected on the book of Moses and had kind of remembered from where they came, but yet we are all exiles, you know, and no, it is the blood of Christ. There, there's yeah. no doubt.
0: You know, and, and, and of course, that's the way Peter will uh, address his readers as exiles and strangers, yeah. you know, in, in, in this world. And of course, Israel has still been, you know, in in the day of Peter, still scattered. They have not, you know, completely you know, been restored under under Messiah. Mm-hmm. And, and so in the same way, we we are strangers and exiles. We uh, we live where we live, but our citizenship is in a, right. another place altogether. Yeah. And uh, this is, you know, even though we're at home in the world, this is not our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a sense that we live here with the same, uh, the same mandate given to the exiles to seek the welfare of the city you know, around us, and of course to yeah. uh, to, take the good news of the gospel of the king and to live it and declare it mm-hmm. you know, in the presence of the nations.
2: Yeah. i think we can't miss to the the place of joy in the life of a believer i mean we see that you know here it is the temple is completed and mm-hmm. and the people go about yeah. celebrating these things with great joy and you get to the end you know the passover and it says for seven days they celebrated with joy the festival of unleavened bread because the lord had filled them with joy you know just the place of joy in mm-hmm. the life of the believer and then also the lord delights in filling us with joy um, yeah. and so I mean, man, Christians, we should be the most joyful people in the world. Well, mm-hmm. and, and
0: also, there's a you know that whole idea of how deeply we should be moved in worship. So you know, yesterday yeah. we talked about both the mourning yeah. over the loss and the celebration over the new start. And of course, we here have that. And of course, when we get you know to the next phase of this, where they're not only rebuilding the temple but rebuilding the wall, they begin great weeping because they have mm-hmm. uh, so far strayed from the heart of God. And, and in their returning, they begin to see that. Uh, but as they're weeping, you know, Nehemiah will remind them, do not weep or mourn in this day, for the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the most, and, and obviously it's one of the fruit of the Spirit, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, something the Spirit produces in us as we hear the Word of God, respond to it, and are enriched deeply by it. So you see these contours of mm-hmm. worship. And even know, be the Beatitudes,
1: when you hear the Blessed are those who mourn, I mean, it's. For they
0: will be comforted, and this is part of part of the comfort Mm -hmm. that's coming in that. Yeah, it's
2: beautiful. Hey, Matthew
0: Kresge, you mind closing us? word of prayer, let's
2: pray. Father, we do thank you that you're the one who fills us with joy, Mm -hmm. and so, Father, would you um, do that today? Would you um, produce in us an ample ample amount of joy, Mm -hmm. Uh, Father? We thank you for the joy of being your people, for knowing. Um, all that you've done for us in Christ Jesus, and and not just knowing it intellectually, but having experienced the reality of that as well. Father, thank you that you have um, drawn us into fellowship with you. Uh, Would we enjoy that fellowship today? It's in Christ's name we pray.
1: Amen.